Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. Hey everyone, welcome to Alien Zoo. My name is Chris, and thank you so much for listening. You know, when it comes to cryptids, some of the creatures within the realm of cryptozoology walk a fine line between cryptid and alien. Uh, Because these beasts are unknown, obviously, it's really difficult to place them in either category. Uh, When a creature, such as the one we're about to talk about today, walks this line, I will push it over on the side of cryptid, because this is a cryptid show. It makes sense. And not only that, but the creature we're going to be talking about today is one of my five gateway cryptids. It's one of the big ones. It's the one that I remember growing up with, one of the first cryptids that introduced me to the crazy world of cryptozoology. Enter the Flatwoods Monster. The Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster, and delightfully nicknamed Braxy, is a cryptid or alien-type creature possibly clothed within a strange mechanical armor of some type. This creature is reported to have been sighted in Braxton County, West Virginia. Here's a little cool tidbit of info. You've all heard of Mothman, right? And I, I will, I will cover him in the future. Well, even though the Flatwoods Monster reports happened over a decade before the Mothman sightings, these are two very interesting examples of the paranormal going-ons in the state of West Virginia. Right? Alright, let's shut up and get into it. The small town of Flatwoods is located in Braxton County, West Virginia. This was an area of the state that, for the most part, I mean, I'll say it, it was pretty boring. But good lord, did all that change on the evening of September 12, 1952. It was a normal West Virginia sort of night. It was about 7.15pm. There were three boys, the May brothers, Ed, who was 13, and Freddie, who was 12. And they had been playing in their schoolyard with their 10-year-old friend, Tommy Heyer. They all happened to see something bright shoot across the night sky. They witnessed the object come to a rest on a nearby farmer's land. As soon as it landed, the boys ran home to their mothers and told them they just saw a UFO land. That's what they said. Amazingly, these must have been some solid children because their moms believed them, and with the company of a few other locals, they all made their way to the farm to try and see exactly what had landed. As they were walking towards the land, one of the locals in that group West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Gene Lemon. He had a dog with him, and his dog ran ahead of the group and eventually out of sight. Now, moments later, erratic barking sounds were heard, and soon after that, the dog ran back towards the group with its tail between its legs. Poor pup. After about a quarter of a mile of walking... uh, Okay, so here's where things get real. The group ended up on the top of a hill. 
and in the not-too-far distance, about 50 feet away, they witnessed what they claimed to be a pulsating, quote, big ball of fire. The witnesses also smelled a type of mist that stung their eyes and nostrils. One of the locals, who was himself a farmer, noticed two small lights hovering over the pulsating flame ball. He shined his flashlight towards the objects, and this revealed what has been baffling cryptozoologists and UFOologists for 50 years. The flashlight creepily illuminated a large creature, which was said to be emitting a harsh, upsetting hissing noise before gliding, yes, gliding, towards the group. Now, this was the final straw. The group, frightened and beginning to panic, quickly fled the area. The witnesses described the monster, monstrous form as having a red, glowing, non-human round head and a large, circular, pointed cowling appearing behind the head in the shape of the ace of spades. Now, all of the witnesses agree on this hood-like shape. Could this have been an outer armor for the weak creature holed up inside? Maybe. Now, the two brothers' mother, Kathleen May, reported that the thing had long, stringy, arm-like appendages protruding from the front with long claws. But most other accounts of this creature it claims no visible arms. Um, so that's kind of strange. The lower half of the monster is often compared to the design of a dress, kind of you know, swoops out as it gets closer to the bottom. Kathleen May also described it as green, but others say it was a shiny metallic black that maybe reflected the green of the nearby bushes. Now, the bushes will become important later, okay? It was dark, and they only saw the creature for a few seconds by the view of a flashlight. The entity has been referred to as the Green Monster. Just added to the list of nicknames. In 1952, Kathleen May was taken to New York City to appear on a current events TV show called We Are the People. Oh, sorry, We the People. While there, the original and most iconic drawing of the creature was made. This is the picture you will see first if you Google image search the Flatwoods monster. The artwork was commissioned by Lee Stewart and drawn by a New York sketch artist based on Kathleen's description. The drawing has been you know, the, the basis for most of the Flatwoods Monster art out there. Um, the newspaper stated that Mrs. May and Jean Lemon found the portrait to be, quote, quite accurate. Now back to the night in question. Once they all returned home, one of the mothers called both the local sheriff and a news reporter. The reporter and co-owner of the Braxton Democrat, which was a local news newspaper, was named A. Lee Stewart. He conducted a handful of interviews and later that night went to the exact site with the farmer. He didn't see anything. <laughs> Great. The sheriff also came by the area with one of his deputies, Burnell, Burnell Long, and searched the area on their own. They found nothing. But he did report a bizarre smell. He said, quote, there was a sickening, burnt, metallic odor still prevailing. However, early the next morning, Mr. A. Lee Stewart visited the location of the encounter for a second time, just to make sure he didn't miss anything. He discovered two tracks in the mud. 
Following the tracks were traces of a bizarre, thick, black liquid. The reporter immediately reported. Well, is that kind of a pun? That's fun. So he reported the tracks as possible signs of perhaps a spacecraft landing in the area. I don't know. That's a bit of a stretch, I think. But it was said that there hasn't been any sort of vehicle traffic in that area for over a year. One of the most logical theories of these tracks is that they're tires of a local Chevrolet. You know, just going out there, seeing if they can get a glimpse of the monster. And the black liquid? I don't know. Maybe some engine juice or something? I'm no mechanic. After the unusual event that night, a few more witnesses came forward to share their similar experiences. Uh, One of these encounters included a mother and her 21-year-old daughter, who claimed to have encountered a strange creature with the same appearance and odor a full week prior to the September 12th incident. This occurrence supposedly affected the daughter so badly that she was admitted to a hospital for three weeks. It's a cool way to get out of school. Oh, wait, she's 21. Get out of work. All right, so speaking of hospitals and things, this is interesting. After the encounter, several members of the initial group reported strange symptoms which stuck around for some time and have been compared to what one would expect if they had been exposed to a gas-like agent. The symptoms included irritation of the nose, swelling of the throat, vomiting, and convulsions. A doctor who ended up treating a handful of the witnesses is reported to have described their symptoms as being similar to victims of mustard gas. But these symptoms are also commonly found in patients who suffer from hysteria or who have been through a traumatic event. They also gathered a statement from the mother of Lugene Lemon, in which she said that, at the approximate time of the crash, her house had been violently shaken and her radio had cut out for 45 minutes. And a report from the director of the local board of education in which he claimed to have seen a flying saucer taking off at 6.30 a.m. on September 13th, the morning after the creature was sighted. Come on, flying saucer. All right, so as far as cryptids go, if you want to consider the Flatwoods monster a cryptid, it's a very skeptical example due to the fact that once this group of occurrences happened, that's it, that's all. No more sightings. Um, Now, believe it or not, even though this entire thing sounds like a 50s sci-fi movie, there is a pretty solid explanation to this creature, and in my opinion, one that I found quite interesting. Um, But before I go over that, uh, there's one more witness story, or, well, maybe a couple more witness stories I'll go over. Now, a lot of people think the Flatwoods monster is a mere isolated incident. Wrong! There's a wonderful book by the main man, Lauren Coleman, titled Mothman and Other Curious Encounters. In this book, Lauren makes sure to mention that there were actually a few creatures similar in appearance to the Flatwoods monster seen during the next few nights close to Braxton County. Now, of course, it's unclear if all these encounters were in fact related, but it makes sense to mention them, of course, you know. Um, It elongates the podcast. One of these cases happened about half an hour away near Sugar Creek, just prior to the original Flatwoods monster sighting. Um, Woodrow Eagle, uh, this is not a type of bird of prey, it's a person's name, 
Mr. Eagle called the sheriff and Sutton to report something odd they had seen in the night sky. Mr. Eagle claimed that they saw a burning object thought to be a, quote, crashed airplane near Sugar Creek. The sheriff was actually investigating this report when he was contacted by the May family, the family who encountered the original Flatwoods monster that same night, September 12th. So there's one. Also on the 12th, two New York eyewitnesses were driving between Gassaway and Frametown, uh, both about 20 minutes from Flatwoods, and just north of Strange Creek. The two drivers, a couple, George and Edith Snetowski, were driving in their car when they were hit hard with a terrible odor. It was so bad, in fact, that they had to stop the vehicle. George got out and began searching around for the source of the stank. They parked on a bit of a hill, and when George looked down the highway slope, he witnessed a large globe-like object creeping slowly back and forth, hovering just above the ground. The object also created a soft light. It was purple in color. Now George, curious as a cat, began to move closer to the object and suddenly felt, quote, the, the sensation of thousands of needle-like vibrations on his flesh. Then he was overcome with nausea and had to walk back to the car. Edith, remember there was someone else in the car, screamed that something was behind George. George turned in the dark to see, quote, a figure about eight or nine feet tall with a big head, bloated body, and long spindly arms gliding rapidly. Now this was coming towards him, all right, and George jumped in the car and quickly locked the vehicle's doors. Now incredibly terrified, the couple watched as the creature's long arms stretched across their windshield. Now at this point, both George and Edith crouched in their seats, trying to get out of the view of this entity, whatever it was. Once a few minutes passed, George re-emerged to see the monster gliding away. It's interesting. And after a few more minutes, they both saw the globe-like object once again swaying back and forth and floating above the treetops and finally taking off into the night sky, leaving a bit of a light trail behind it. What the hell is going on? Neither of them had the energy to continue driving, so they got, in a, hotel, they got a hotel in the small town of, of Sutton and tried to rest for a bit before hitting the road again. In the morning, they got in their car and stopped at a nearby gas, gas station to fill their tank. This is when the gas attendant pointed out to them a defined V-shaped burn spot on the top of their hood. Another incident involved a Birch River resident who claimed to have seen a bright orange object moving in circles around the Flatwoods area. And sure, it's more than possible for these illuminated sky, illuminating sky objects to be meteors, perhaps, you know? But the movement of them is what's really bizarre. They don't move in a natural manner. Uh, rather, their movements are very mechanical in a way. Um, all right, so we've heard the stories. We have a solid depiction of the creature. Now, if it isn't an alien or a cryptid, what could the Flatwoods monster be? Enter our old friend, Mistaken Identity. All right, here's some explanations for the Flatwoods monster. It's fairly easy to see how the objects and lights in the sky could theoretically be meteors, besides the erratic movements of these objects, or possibly some sort of aircraft navigation, or maybe a hazard beacon. I don't know. But let's focus on the beast itself. 
Now here's a quick reminder of its appearance, okay? It's upwards of 10 feet tall, large headpiece in the shape of ace of spades, two glowing eyes, two thin arms with spindly sharp talon-like fingers, and a sort of metallic dress um, that some have reported to be greenish in color. Could this be an owl? Yeah, Chris, maybe from the hell dimension. Okay, I know, but hear me out, okay? In a heightened sense of panic, fear, and anxiety, perhaps some of these witnesses just saw an owl. According to some, the shape, movements, and sounds, remember that hissing sound from the first night, that supposedly came from this creature, are oddly similar to the silhouette, flight pattern, and call of a scared barn owl. Perhaps the owl was on a low-hanging branch right above a bush, giving the impression of a large dress-like body. And what color are bushes? You got it, my friends. Green. Now, this is interesting. The numerous witnesses seem to be unable to agree on whether this thing had arms or not. But one of the witnesses who did report arms, Kathleen May, said the creature had small, claw-like hands. Uh, could have been some other perfectly placed uh, twisted branches, or maybe just the intimidating talons of a barn owl. Some Flatwood monster skeptics think that the appearance and the motions of the creature, if it was indeed a barn owl, was simply a mother owl protecting her young. Owls hiss when threatened, hence the hissing heard on, on the night of the Flatwoods event. Also, Female barn owls happen to be larger than males and have more of an orange-brown tint to them. Now, this could explain the uh, red face description on some of the witness reports of the monster. Um, and if a barn owl decides to attack, they typically swoop their heads down and fluff out their wings around them in an attempt to make them look larger and more menacing. This could explain away the large headdress type thing in the shape of the ace of spades, all right? Whew, damn. So there it is, the Flatwoods monster. That's quite a story. This was one of the first cryptozoological stories I read about as a youth. Check out the original artwork of this creature, though, seriously. It's actually pretty quite terrifying. Um, I don't really see a resemblance to an owl, but I'm not quite ready to call it anything else. Um, this story has stumped me, as it has stumped uh, quite a few people who are trying to get answers. Uh, there's so many different factors to this story that has to be proven, you know? Um, and I'm always excited to revisit this story, and I always learn something new. And you know what? I hope you learned something as well. Great. Well, as always, thanks for listening to Alien Zoo. My name is Chris, and until next cryptid, or alien, or owl, bye. Bye.